0: Fear. When you hear the word fear, what do you think about? Do you think about something that you're so scared of that you cannot move? Something that has real consequences in your life? Something that is so paralyzing, so constricting that makes you feel as if there's no escape from it? Hi everyone, this is Mark Guy, and I'm sorry if I scared you off with my little introduction. It's, so don't be too scared, because I hope you have great times and great, great plans for the Halloween. But don't be scared of fear. Or more, more than that, the word fear. How about the word courage? When you hear the word courage, how does that, how does that interact with your body? Do you let it sit on your shoulders? Do you let it go to your heart? Do you let it go to your brain? The word courage, does it give you... Do you stand up a little straight, more more firm? When you hear the word courage and bravery and audacity and strength, how do you take those words?
1: I have to throw something at Go ahead.
0: Okay, well, it's a good thing you don't have anything on the table to actually literally throw at yeah. me. But you mean into this episode. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: I've got Go to ahead. I've got to say this because it's just crossed my mind as you're talking about courage. Do you know there are actually people who are afraid to be courageous? They have a fear of courage. They have a fear of what it takes to be courageous.
0: I, 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 I agree with that. And you know, John, what I want to make sure that we cover in this episode is that fear do you respect fear? Uh huh, I do. Okay. Why do you respect fear? And what is it in in this essence of fear? Because I love this topic, John. Do you like this topic? Yes and no. Okay, (laughs) okay, okay. So let's, 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 let's dig deep into this because I have a lot to cover, a lot to discuss, and a lot of ponderance and a lot of very provocative questions. So let's just finish this one right here. Okay. You said you respect fear briefly
1: tell us why i think fear can be your friend at times okay i think fear can be the thing that can prevent you from doing something really dangerous and detrimental okay that could place your life in jeopardy or the lives of the ones you love or could place your financial house in 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 a, a state of catastrophe so, it's, so in it's other it's words a survival I th- mechanism i don't think that fear is always bad and mm-hmm. you mentioned survival mechanism and mm-hmm. that in and of itself i think is extremely important because Survival requires a healthy respect mm-hmm. of fear, mm-hmm. but not an obsession with fear mm-hmm. or a bondage of okay. fear.
0: So you, so the way that I see this um, relationship is you see fear, you see it. So would that be like, for example, you are the earth and the fear is the moon or fear is the
1: sun? No, I think okay. if you're going to think of it in that terms, I'm the Earth, and fear is a meteor. Okay, about to crash into the Earth, uh, or an asteroid.
0: Okay, because the moon. Well, because the moon. See, the moon circles
1: is, around. Right, and always the moon is important around. to the Earth. Okay, it's important to the Earth. It would be more of a fear if the moon suddenly spun out of orbit and we no longer had it there to affect our gravitational force. But okay, well, let's let's go a bit, let's discuss this a little further because you know this is speak brave and we can do whatever mm-hmm. we want. Yeah. So, Including speak brave in a crazy way.
0: Well, okay. speak brave in a way that is um, asks questions that are probing mm-hmm. and provocative. Yeah. So, but isn't that fear like the moon is going around the Earth? That fear is always there to protect you. Earth is still going to revolve around the sun, but the fear revolves around you.
1: Oh, I see what your analogy is. It's necessary to be in your orbit because it's a part of the stability.
0: Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Yes, yeah, so uh, it
1: creates balance. It
0: creates balance. Yes, but do you see the size of the moon and mm-hmm. the size in of the in relationship
1: earth? to the earth? You're so right. So
0: stay. I, I don't know where I'm. Necessarily going with this, no, but I can I but, can picture
1: it very easily okay. because you're putting it in its proper perspective. Okay. Some people think of fear as Jupiter orbiting the Earth. <laughs> That's bad. That you is know why? Bad. Because
0: well, you know it's out there. Yeah. You know well, the, uh, the astronomers that tell us it's out mm-hmm. there, we can see it's out there, but it doesn't affect our life. Yeah. Okay. So, but let's talk about something visceral. Okay. Let's talk about something that re- is real mm-hmm. fear. Okay. Fear. <laughs> comes in many different phases doesn't yes it? it does okay it comes what it comes when you first wake up in the morning when you drive when you go to work when you I mean let's talk about real fear that exists now in our society yes the fear of losing a job hmm the fear of losing a spouse for whatever reason The fear of of not being able to provide for yourself.
1: Right. The fear of uh, an unexpected house fire or an automobile accident. Okay.
0: So all of those are fears, right? Yes. How do we mitigate fear? How can we structure a life in such a way that we say, okay, fear, I see you out there. I feel you out there, but you will not rule my life. You will not make me less than who I am who do we look to? Who do we look to for an example of courage or somebody who is dealt with fear in such a way that we can respect and emulate? Who do you look to, John? Let's be as honest, as generous, and as open as we can because this is speak brave, but we still have to keep moving. Yes.
1: Part of that, I would say, is my faith. Yes. Yes. Faith is, faith for me helps to put fear, it doesn't, it dispels the fears that are of no value to me. Because uh-huh. again, we are talking about, I believe there are categories of fear and there's certain fears that we just shouldn't be entertaining because it's an obsession with something. Well, I once saw a statistic that said that the Largest percentage of those things that we fear might happen never happen at all.
0: What did you say? It was 85%? At least that. 85% of all fears that
1: we think And then that percentage that do occur, the vast percentage of those can actually be dealt with and handled in, in a very positive way so that they don't cause a great deal of damage. So already we seem to be obsessed with fear and we need to understand fear can torment, and torment's not what we were designed to experience. We were designed to have hope. We were designed to have a belief that we can make our day a better day if we allow fear to preoccupy our thinking. So first of all, put fear in its proper perspective, and for me, I think Scripture puts it in its proper perspective because it lets me know that there are, for me personally, by faith, there is a force far greater than fear there is a force far more powerful than fear, and that force is directly engaged in my life Mm -hmm. and is involved in everything that happens. And I believe, actually, that that force, even in situations where fear or some kind of a problem comes in, they allow it because they want to demonstrate that I have the capacity, with their help and faith, Mm -hmm. to face it, overcome it, and to have victory over it. Uh, Some would say, well, that's just, you know... um, Thinking, you know, crazy—that's that's that's ideological fluff. Right. Well, you well, know what? I've I've lived sixty-seven years. I don't think it's that much fluff. I, I've been through some fear situations, some significant fear situations, yeah. and I've come through them. So the so for you, faith. Well, faith, I'd say, is the single strongest thing. Okay. I do find great uh, strength in reading about the lives of people, particularly. I'm reading a book right now about. Um, what they call, It's called The Torch of Freedom. It's by uh, George Gazzardo. And George uh, is, of course, a historian. Mm-hmm. And in George's writings, what he does is he talks about the elements, the foundation, the basis of liberty. Mm-hmm. And in the basis of liberty, there is a cost for liberty. Because the individuals who wanted to express the right of man to have that natural liberty, that natural right to freedom to choose and select and to take the course of action, they had to overcome some incredible things, and that included fear of imminent even death. For people in the church like Martin Luther, it was fear in his day. The idea of being excommunicated from the Catholic Church was a terrible thing because if you did not have the church backing you up, you literally were ostracized by the community. You'd be dead. You'd be be an outcast. Even if you were alive, you would be dead to the people around you.
0: And that's not the way to survive.
1: And so that takes courage.
0: That takes courage. So one of the things I want to discuss in this episode is what is the price of courage? The price of courage, is that rooted in decision? Is that a rooted indecision where you say, you know, I have been living with this fear for some time. I'm not going to take it anymore. I can decide not to be fearful. What is the price of courage, really? I mean, is the price of courage, um, is that maybe recklessness? It could be. When you decide, you know what, um, anything will be better than this or you may think, you know what, uh, I try this and it doesn't work, or I try this and it doesn't work, what do I have to lose? I mean the the thing I mean you can go worse, right? You, yeah. you, you can go worse. But if you don't try if you don't try to do it now, what is the guarantee that things will change? What is the guarantee that tomorrow will be better? I think we need what to. what what what, yeah. what what's the guarantee that Next month or next year or next 10 years will be better. Because I think I cannot speak for everyone, but I have seen in my own life and in the lives of others where we just uh, let it go, where we let go of true hard decisions. The, and I think some true hard decisions require an element of courage. Oh, yeah. I agree with I, you completely. I think it's 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 like this relationship where you have courage and fear sitting in your living room and who's going to take over. Yeah, who is going to take over? Then you take both of them on a the joyride. You know, sometimes you put fear in the back seat, sometimes you put fear in the front seat.
1: I like that analogy.
0: <laughs> you remember, you have told me uh, if you put a fear in the back seat, who in the right mind wants a backseat driver? Exactly. I mean, that's just incredulous, and it's 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 not a, it's not
1: acceptable. I think you and I, I think you and I agree on this. We cannot live our life without fear. Fear is a natural instinct. It's for survival. Uh, Precisely. In other words, in the instinctive living that we have in this life, we are wired to understand that fear is a necessary component to survival. If you don't have a healthy fear, you're not going to have good success when you come up against situations which can be potentially harmful, damaging, and even life-threatening. So a healthy sense of fear is important in understanding that there will always be circumstances where fear is your friend and not your enemy. Where fear becomes your enemy is when it becomes a mind controller. And the mind controlled by fear is a mind that can never escape from the prison that it's in because it doesn't believe in itself and it doesn't believe in its ability to be able to think outside of the walls of that prison. That's the reason why I felt your series is so important to me because I'm trying to get people to understand the capacity of the mind to do so many wonderful and amazing things and to think literally outside the box. But if you're stuck in the box because you have a fear and you're afraid to take the risk and do it, well, let me think for just a second. Yeah, I'm talking about salespeople's fear. You know what what (laughs) salespeople fear the most?
0: Well, everyone feels whatever they feel the most maybe rejection or well no there's maybe one, not rejection. I have one word okay. for what a salesman
1: fears more than anything no no okay
0: maybe they fear that but a lot of people who are who are understanding the business who understand it's a numbers game and we understand there. that's a follow up there are 20%
1: does- who do 80% of the work yes and that 20% do not fear a no, no. Okay, but the eighty percent who are trying <laughs> to Sales make fear. the twenty okay. percent that's left fear so the no.
0: It's just a funny image, John. It's the salespeople shaking in their boots of feeling. But fear. it is fear. Okay, so nobody likes rejection. Nobody likes rejection, but we have to get over it. We do. Let's let's look at something else. Let's look. Let's let's look at some other situation where mm-hmm. fear is real. Yeah. What about health situations? Yeah, Cancel. what about? Well, what about uh, situations where? Your loved ones are in danger. Oh, yeah, my wife. You know, um, or, I mean, what I want to make sure that this comes across is that we're just human beings. And as human beings, there's so many God darn fears that just exist in our head. And what I want to share with the world and with my, with my followers is that I am not that clever, in in finding ways to delay or fight fear. What have helped me before is that I have surrounded myself with people who are many times smarter than me and who I can be honest about and who can tell me, okay, why do you think this way? Why haven't you considered this? And just because of that, my life is so much better Mm -hmm. because I said, okay, I'm going to, try this venture and this is the only way i measure success and this is the way that i see it they listen and they say well maybe but what about this option what about this alternative at first of course i'm a man and sometimes my ego is bruised so i have to say no no, no that's not going to happen but the reality of it is you have to consider different options let's talk about fear Of loss of life. How about a fear that comes from disappointment? Do you think that fear is masquerading by not just like a fear, like in a straight up sense, but it truly is fear in every area
1: of life? Well, what about fear? Let's talk about fear from this perspective. You mentioned loss of life or the potential for loss of life. I heard a story recently, true story, of a mother and her daughter who were walking along a lake here in Florida. And an alligator was nearby, but they didn't see it because it was lurking in the brush. And because the child was running over by the water and sticking her you know, feet into the water of the lake and the mother wasn't holding her hand... The child did not know that it had put his foot into the water there where there was an alligator in proximity to it. And the alligator leaped and grabbed her by her leg and began to pull her into the lake. The mother was close enough that immediately she could reach out and she grabbed her daughter for all of her might and fought and kicked against that alligator as that alligator continued to pull tenaciously on the daughter's legs, the ankle part and everything the mother fought relentlessly. She didn't think for her own welfare. She only thought for the fact that this was her child. And at first the alligator let go, but then the alligator reattacked as the mother was trying to pull away. But eventually, because the mother refused to let go of that child and fought with the tenacity and the viciousness and the power that only a mother could do, That alligator finally gave up. Now, the child had scars. Had scars um, all along her legs from those tooth bites. But the daughter was very, very proud of those scars, and she was showing those scars when they had healed to her friends. But then she says, I want to show you the scars that I'm most proud of. And she held up her hands. The reason why she held up her hands was because that's where her mother first grabbed her hands, with her hands and her fingernails, and dug into her daughter's hands and wrist, literally pulling and clawing her daughter to pull her out. So while an alligator was clawing her feet, she was clawing at her daughter's hands and arms to drag her away from that alligator, and the daughter says, I'm proud of these scars because these are the scars that my mama left on me because she wouldn't give up trying to rescue me from that alligator. Now... Fear was in that equation, but that fear brought a power to that mother that cannot be reproduced except under that specific set of stimulus.
0: Wow. John, this this story is gripping. I, I could feel the story. I could see it. Thank you for sharing this. I don't even know what to say about that. That's this. a survival instinct. That's a survival instinct.
1: That's where so, fear does something that you can't make yourself do. It comes right. from something far deeper. So it's this is this is the fear is involved,
0: but the fear has been reduced, right? It has been put in
1: place. It's been put in its proper place because the greater good is I'm going to save my child because the survival. fear of losing my child is far worse than the losing of my life.
0: So the pain. The the, the the projected pain of losing a child was much greater than, the, than pain the pain of anything else. Of anything else. And that's one way to to deal with fear. But what we cannot but wouldn't you agree that those type of situations don't always happen every no, day? They
1: don't. But you see that's the instinctive survival part of us. That's what we're bred to do.
0: So that's one way. And that's interesting. This is this story makes you just to reflect. That's mm-hmm. how pause where you and reflection.
1: Now it puts fear in a better perspective because it reminds us we allow ourselves to entertain fear way too much and yeah. give fear too much place in our life. And like you had said earlier, it really needs to be put into the back seat. We in never seat. want to ignore <laughs> fear.
0: Never want to ignore. But let's 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 change gears just a little bit. Mm-hmm. As we discussed this fear. I think I mentioned the story about my grandfather to you. Mm-hmm. My grandfather always said, if you tell a man a hundred times, he's a coward or stupid or an idiot or anything like that, he will become that, yeah. what you're talking about. It's
1: a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's a self-fulfilling
0: prophecy. But I never thought of it deeply as I do now. That words that we use to describe ourselves and others truly determine our destiny.
1: We do. We create our destiny through the language of our mind and the, our mouth.
0: Through our language, through the language of courage, through, through the language, language of fear, through our body
1: language too. Through the body language as well. Aren't you tired of
0: being f- mm-hmm. fearful, John? I am. I mean, I don't know how about you, but I feel that just this 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 fear is 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 changing me in, in the ways that I'm not happy with.
1: Well, you, you know, talked about changing, something. Yeah. You mentioned that there is a language mm-hmm. of fear. Yes. Now, Mark, I I know that I've heard you talk about this, but I don't know if you've shared this with your listeners. Does everybody out here understand that the, um, what do they call, synonyms? Mm-hmm. These yeah. synonyms, or this theosaurus, if you want to call it, of words right. connected to... Preparation ...for my
0: upcoming TED speech, TEDx speech, and one of the sources that I have located that in, Engli- in the English language, the word fear has 1,163 synonyms.
1: 1,163 synonyms for fear.
0: Tremor, trepidation, consternation, spineless horror, many, many, many others. Mm -hmm. And courage only has 600 synonyms, which is about a half.
1: So much fewer. Yeah, almost one half. Yes.
0: So why is that anomaly exist? Why do we have so many words for fear? Is that because of survival mechanism? Is that for us to be fearful? Is that for us to, to have more ways to look out for us, for others? Is that, is that a warning system? Is that uh, the way of life? Why there's such discrepancy exist? Because the cur- courage, just as you have demonstrated with that story about mom and daughter, courage, right? I mean, that's just off-the-scale courage that exists in every one of us mm-hmm. if we are pushed to, to do that. Yeah. But why? I mean, language is important. Language is how we communicate. This language, how we encode meaning is how we... Talk to each other. But why there's so many more words of fear?
1: Maybe it's because we live in a society that seems to want to be preoccupied with fearful events instead of talking about those events that demonstrate courageousness and overcoming one's fears. I, I don't know. So
0: I, is, that, is that because we, that's why we value courage and bravery so highly? Perhaps it uh, is. Because because it's, it's it out of ordinary. It. It's out of ordinary. Because may, do you believe that possibly that we are expected to f- be fearful, just like you said?
1: I think there is the reason to believe that, because I think the, the, the way society, I think, has worked, historically anyway, maybe if one reads The Financial Matrix, they'd get an idea of that. Orrin Woodward wrote The Financial Matrix. It was a New York Times bestseller, and in it he talked about The subjugation of the masses who are the productive class as opposed to the elites who have the money. And there was a time in history when the common way to subjugate masses was to... (laughs) Control with fear? Well, not just control with fear, put them into slavery. And slavery is in its own form of fear because if you don't do your work and if you don't Mm -hmm. produce and you don't provide and you don't do all this work that's required by the masters... You will be beaten into submission. Your children will be killed. And slavery is such a terrible and evil thing.
0: So do you believe, uh, we'll just shift the angle for just mm-hmm, a moment. Yeah. So do you believe the language has evolved to control mm-hmm. the language and to control the population? I mean,
1: this is not... I'm going to say that, Mark, and that but, may sound like a conspiracy theory, but why we're not is... Going, yeah,
0: we're not going to conspiracy, mm-hmm. but we're discussing this important issue. But why is it why that it seems... so much more... Wars of fear.
1: Well we hear Why it all the time. I mean, Mark, turn on the television set and watch national news. We we have we've created a society here that is fearful of forces both within and without. We have made groups of people both Legitimately but also illegitimately fearful of each a other. class of people or fearful each of each other. We've made, for example, So do you so, p- people are fearful of the police, people are fearful of white supremacists, yeah. people are fearful of individuals oh, oh, that oh, own don't guns
0: that they, they don't know. So let's 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 just let's just focus on this. Focus on this with precision that we have. Do you believe the language of fear has evolved, yes, for us to survive? For us to be uh, fearful, because who benefits from it? Who benefits
1: from the language of fear? The people in power benefit from the okay. language of fear because so they you... can manipulate society with okay. fear. They can get people convinced that they need this because they plant the seed of fear and nurture the seeds of fear through their do communication. Do
0: you that possibly? Okay, so who benefits? People who control resources. hmm um, Do you believe then that if that's the truth, if that is the truth, legitimate, maybe it's directly, maybe it's indirectly, the language of fear is twice as big. We know that. Do you believe that within us, within us, we allowed it? Mm -hmm. Within our brain, within our spirit, within our humanness, we allowed fear to thrive and to grow. That's why it's so big. I mean... Wouldn't it be. I mean, I cannot come on the scene at my TEDx speech and say, "Okay, change your biology,
1: change no, you your
0: bones, that. change your change your circulation system." I cannot do that. What I can do is recognize. That's it. There recognize. That's it. I can recognize.
1: Expose people to recognize that there's more here than just the language of fear. That we weren't designed to be the product of fear. That we weren't... If we are such a great creation, and I believe we are, then the mind has the capacity not only to better understand the component of fear, the mind has the capacity to begin to understand how to categorize fear in its proper perspective so that we can grow our minds in a more positive and courageous direction.
0: Okay. There's many things to consider here. Oh yeah, it's a lot There's of things, but I need to make sure that my focus is on the language of fear. Mm-hmm. And with that idea, with that idea, you can put things in perspective. Mm-hmm. Because number one, you recognize, okay, I'm in my living room, I'm on the couch with fear and courage. They're both there. Or I'm in my car. I can put fear in the back and courage in, in I can put fear in the back seat and courage in the front. What is next? Next is a decision decision to change your language or not possibly change your language entirely, but maybe amplify your anguish. Language. language, not anguish. You what can change
1: say? your language, I believe that. I believe change your
0: language yeah. to the language of
1: courageousness,
0: courage, courageousness, bravery, and also invest, possibly invest. Mm-hmm. Yourself deep into this synonym, into this world of courage. What is this world of courage? Dive deep into it. Ingest it. Ingest Ingest
1: it. it. Intentionally ingest the positive, powerful, courageous language of success.
0: Okay. And after that, then your decision what to do with it afterwards. Exactly. Do you want to take action on it? Do you Mm -hmm. want to just ruminate into this? How do you want to take the direction of your life? So my offer to this world is to recognize, number one, the discrepancy Mm -hmm. in the language, steep yourself into the language of courage, and then your decision what you want to do next. Exactly. What do you do with it? And I don't want to be this uh, as an an incomplete uh, discussion or decision, but it truly is your decision, isn't it?
1: It has to be. You have to... Make that choice. Resolve, as you know, being my power word, is to have a definite plan of action. Yeah. So, what action do you want to choose to do? And right. have you resolved that it's going to be the thing that you will insist upon doing in good times and bad So,
0: times? P- perhaps what I'm doing is I'm equipping for a
1: better decision, mm-hmm.
0: for a more compl- for a more. You're exposing decision.
1: people to a choice and letting them know that they have a choice.
0: You have a choice. And the choice is truly yours. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's 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 what I'm really. After. You have choice. That's what I'm really after. Thank you, John, for this discussion. I hope this opened opened up a few new new revelations in your thinking, and hopefully something you can add to your life. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope I hope you have a great time. Whatever that you do in your life, don't forget to download this podcast for your enjoyment share it with friends and with your colleagues and like and i hope to see you next time don't forget to speak brave